Well, let me move on, transition to talk about Father's Day. Um, let me take a minute just to pray right now and we'll transition. Lord, thank you for the lessons you bring us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for our experience in Bolivia um, and your goodness there. Thank you for your activity here in our church and through our lives as well. We're just so grateful. You are the Lord. You are the Savior. You are the King. And you're with us. And you call us to mission. And we thank you, Lord. And Lord, part of that, of course, is the reality of your fatherhood. So I pray now, as we examine this truth, that you'd teach us about yourself. And you'd change our lives. And you'd be glorified, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Father's Day uh, is a holiday we celebrate every year. Um, it can be a holiday that's full of, of niceties, perhaps, breakfast in bed and power tools and things like that. But it also can be an opportunity for us to go after the deeper things that are behind this truth. Fatherhood is really important. The word father is used over a thousand times in the Bible. God is called father over 250 times in the Bible. So we know just by that, by the, those stats, that this idea of fatherhood is important. Our culture would agree on this, but it is very confused. There are all sorts of ideas that are out there. Sigmund Freud, an important influence on our culture, says this, I found myself in, con in, uh, myself a con in constant love for my mother and jealousy of my father. I now consider this to be a universal event in childhood. Sigmund Freud interpreted uh, fatherhood in some interesting ways that had a, had a negative influence, I believe, on our culture. We look around at, at figures in the media and, and we see that often the father is at best a benevolent dummy, right? Homer Simpson, a picture of fatherhood. Now there are some good images out there. Uh, the dad and Finding Nemo and Mr. Incredible, those are some more positive ones. But our, our culture is confused. They don't know how to answer the question, what is a father? Is a father simply someone who, com who, who contributes genetic material in the formation of a human being? Is he a co-parent? Is it something that's inherent in maleness, or is it determined by culture? What is a father? And of course, all these ideas, all this perhaps confusion, all this perspective uh, fills our minds and our experience. So when we pray, importantly, saying, our Father who's in heaven, what does that mean? What does it mean to know God? Because God is the ultimate Father, right? He's not a... It's, we don't say God is Father just as a way to kind of use human terms to understand God. It's not a cultural thing. It's, it's a, a core thing in, uh, in the things that were shared earlier. The Scriptures. He is the Father. He is the faithful one. So when we say Happy Father's Day, all this stuff is operating in our minds. And so it's really important for us to take time to look at the Scriptures. And we could go lots of places in the scriptures to, to uh, understand what fatherhood is. It's all throughout the scriptures. But I want to focus on one particular passage, only two verses. I want to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Just a little bit of background before I read that. This is a letter that Paul wrote to this young church in Thessalonica. He had, hadn't been there as long as he would have liked to have been there. And so he was concerned for them. And this letter, we, we took time to go through this letter in a sermon series recently, just full of a pastor's heart. And as Paul's expressing his heart towards the Thessalonians, he compares it to being a father. And it's there where I, I want to read and just reflect on 
some things about being a father. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, Paul says this to his dear friends in Thessalonica. For you know how like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So Paul is saying, like a father, we did the following things. And so we should take note here of what a father does because Paul is describing what a father does here. And what I submit to you is that this description teaches us what human fathers are and ultimately through that points to what our heavenly father is like. And so the three things... He says, like a father, we exhorted each one of you. That first word, exhorted, is, is uh, the same word, uh, parakaleo, to come alongside. So we, as fathers, came alongside and called you to something. We came alongside in your life. We got there and we got up close and personal and we pointed you to something. We called you to something. We called you to something beyond yourself. We called you and we sought to guide you, to direct you to something that was right and good. We exhorted you, is one interpretation. And then it says, and we encouraged you. This is the word... uh, Meaning to, to come alongside, to bring comfort, to bring assistance, to bring care. So not only did we come alongside to say, this is the way to go. This is what life is about. This is how you ought to live. This is where you find your strength. This is the truth about God. This is the truth about you. This is how you ought to live. Follow me as I follow Christ. Not only that, but we came alongside and we helped you. We provided care and comfort. We got involved. We served. We provided We assisted. We didn't just tell you what to do, but we came alongside and helped you get there in love. And the third word, we charged you. It's related to the first in many ways. We we insisted that you recognize that there is good and there is evil. There is something you're called to and there's something you're called away from. We were witnesses to this truth to you. And so in all this, these words, and we can look elsewhere and see the same sorts of combinations Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, same sort of thing, the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I think we can boil these words used here, these three words and elsewhere, into two main ideas of fatherhood. A father is one who leads, and a father is one who loves. A father is one who leads, and a father is one who loves. A father is responsible for the direction and parameters and foundation of truth and conduct for his children. A father leads. And we see this here, we see this throughout Scripture. You could look elsewhere, the word discipline is often used. The word discipline in Scripture doesn't mean just to bring negative consequences when someone doesn't do the right thing. It also means providing direction to the right thing. There's a positive side of discipline. It's it's laying out what a life in the Lord looks like. How to live. What are the the rhythms of life? What are the values? What are the practices? It's, It's the whole structure of life. That's really what discipline means. Not just saying, no, you're in trouble now because you didn't do this. But this is what you ought to do. This is how you live. Follow me as I do it. And so we see this throughout Scripture. Proverbs 19. Discipline your son for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Proverbs 29. Discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. Of course, son in Scripture often used to 
to mean both son and daughter. Ephesians 6, 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Deuteronomy 6, Fathers are called. It says, These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Fathers are called to do this sort of thing, to bring this, this sort of leadership to their children. There are positive examples in Scripture. There are negative examples in Scripture. There are some sobering realities of neglecting this call as a dad. I think of the case of Eli. Eli was the priest in the tabernacle. And Eli allowed his sons to go away from good discipline. Perhaps Eli didn't provide the sort of love as well he needed for his sons. And they strayed. And his sons, who were supposed to be priests as well, responsible for proper worship, were blaspheming God in the temple by stealing the sacrifices and eating them without authority from the Lord and engaging in illicit sex actually in the tabernacle. And Eli was called to account for this if you read the story. And his sin wasn't that he didn't do anything. His sin was that he didn't do everything he could to deal with his sons. He did not discipline them. He did not restrain them. And ultimately, it brought terrible judgment on Eli's family. Listen from 1 Samuel chapter 3. God says, And I declare to him, Eli that is, I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Wow. I think that should make us shake in our boots as dads that we're called to be responsible for our children as best we can, to do everything we can. Now, just to put some context to it. Dads, you're not serving as the high priest in the tabernacle. There's a high-handed sin here in Eli's life that shouldn't be, probably isn't in our lives. Secondly, we have great mercy and grace in God. I don't want us to forget that. We have forgiveness in Christ, and we don't relate to God in the same way that Eli did as the high priest. There's mercy, there's grace. But, but don't let the reality and the importance of that make this story less important. Hear the call to dads to discipline, to lead their families, to be responsible for their families in this important way. This is important. This is part of the call of a dad. Now, this is a tall order. The, the, the Word of God, as we look at it, uh, operates in two ways often. There's the law of God. There's the call of God to what's right and good. And then there's the grace of God. They both operate. And we're going to get to grace. But hold on. Because let's let the law have its way first in our lives. Let us hear the call of God. And it's a good thing, dads, that we would lead our children and lead our families. That we would bring this sort of discipline. That we would bring this sort of involvement in our families and our children's lives. That we would live out the truth in dependence on God. And say to our children, this is the way, walk in it. That we wouldn't be lazy. That we wouldn't be removed. That would be involved. And I know it's a tall order. It's hard. 
And I, as a dad, have struggled. We're in a different season now. We're empty nesters and our children are grown. But I also look back on our times and I remember my struggles with this. It's hard. And these stories don't necessarily help at times when you just feel totally worn out. It's been a hard day at work and you're coming home and and it's the Bicker Brothers show once again arguing over so-and-so got more time on the computer than so-and-so and and the dad has to come in and arbitrate and you don't want to do that. You just want to relax. You want to just have some time on your own and it's hard and, and yet we're called to be the ones that lead our families. We're called to be the ones that lead them to the word and to pray and there's times when we don't want to do that. I can remember, we still joke about it, uh, Saturday morning Bible and theology time with the kids. I was responsible to teach them uh, the Bible and theology on Saturday mornings. And it was herding cats every single Saturday morning until the kids, well actually now if we did it, still probably would be herding cats. Um, It was hard. It was challenging. It was stretching. and, And it would have been easy just to say, forget it. But God calls us to this. The law is there. It's good. And so what do we do with that? Well, it presses us. This call of God's law, of His ways, presses us that we might run to the Lord. So that's what you do, Dad. When you look at your your weakness, when you look at your failures, when you look at the high standard you're called to, you run to the Lord. The law presses us and it puts our self-sufficiency and our self-righteousness to death. Because when we look at it rightly, we look at the standard rightly, we realize, you know what, I can't measure up to that standard. But it's a good standard. And we realize we can't do it in our own strength. And we are not righteous. We are in need of the Lord and His mercy. We're in need of the reality of Jesus Christ, the only one who's fulfilled the law, who fulfilled it perfectly, always loved, always led, always served, always was good. And so we don't look to ourselves in those moments. We look to Jesus and we recognize Jesus did it already. And through Christ, through simple faith in Christ, through his death for me on the cross, through his righteous life offered up in my place, I can stand before the Lord fully forgiven, fully accepted, fully beloved, And he says to me, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He gives us the Spirit of God. He gives us the fellowship of the church. He comes alongside of us. So we are free and forgiven, but now empowered and called to be dads. And so we die and we live again in Jesus as dads. We accept what he's doing. We receive his discipline in our lives and we seek to lead in that as well. We live out this reality in dependence on Him. We lead our families. We discipline them. We discipline our children. We call them to this lifestyle. And it's a good thing. And by the way, all of this is not only rooted in God's grace, but it's rooted in the character of the Father Himself. This is who the Father is, who God the Father is. This is how He operates in our lives. He disciplines us. He calls us to these things because He's good. Hebrews 12 speaks of the Father. He says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons and daughters, of course. For what son is there whom the Father does not discipline? 
If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Should we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. This is the Father. He's good. And so he disciplines us. We don't like it often. Probably always. But he's producing good things in our lives because he's good. He works in us for our good. He disciplines us. He calls us to this lifestyle. And when we stray, he brings consequences. He brings things to direct us. Even when we don't stray, he still brings things in our lives to discipline us, to perfect us, to make us more and more like Jesus. Do you know Jesus himself was disciplined by the Father? Although he had no sin, he still had to suffer. He still had to go through the the, the trials of his life. He still had to go through the cross. And through that, to be proven in his perfection, to be set apart by the Father for all the Father had in mind in and through him as the Son. And, and so we as sons and daughters as well experience the discipline of God. This is part of what it is to be our Heavenly Father and an earthly Father. I know for me as I reflect on our 10 days in Bolivia, I was experiencing the loving discipline of the Father. And it was so important for me to understand and interpret things that way. When I was up at night feeling like the NFL linemen were standing on my chest and feeling like the devil was threatening me, all those things were meant for my good. To teach me to put no confidence in my flesh, in myself. To let go of my idols of pride and comforts. It would have been easier had I been home, maybe if something like that happened. First off, I would have been able to breathe. And secondly, I probably could have gone downstairs and had a snack and felt a lot better. And it was good, though, for the Lord to put me in a place where I couldn't do that. He was disciplining me to help me purge, be purged of pride and comfort to find in Him alone the life and strength we need. That's a good thing. He's a good Father. And I pray that lesson for me will not be lost that I will learn to depend on Him. He is pursuing us as a good Father. And He wants to work in our lives. Guys, there are all sorts of things that we might run to instead of to the Lord. And He's good enough to bring trials and bring things in our lives, to, to call us to Himself, to discipline us in that way. And so don't despise the hardships, the trials. But turn to the Lord. And see what he's doing in your life. Because I imagine if you're like me, there's lots of things that you're unaware of that, that you run to that, that may not even be bad things. It could just be an easy chair that you like to sit in. And that's your comfort. And the Lord wants to teach you to find your comfort in him. He is a father who disciplines us. And we as fathers are called to the same. So fathers, we're called to discipline. We're called to exhort. We're called to lead like our heavenly father. And secondly, alongside, our father loves a father loves. A father loves his children, and we see this throughout Scripture. Our Heavenly Father, most of all, loves us. In Matthew 7, when Jesus is talking about prayer, he compares 
earthly fathers to the heavenly father. And he says, which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? You are earthly fathers. You wouldn't do this. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? This is the reality of a good father. And fathers are called to be providers who give to their families that take care of their families. First Timothy 5.8, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So at the core of, of being a believer and being a dad is, to, is this idea of providing and blessing and loving those around you. Using your gifts to serve others. Our verse in 1 Thessalonians speaks of encouragement, of, of using our words to bring comfort, to bring strength. So we, we not only provide things that are necessary through vocation, like uh, money and food for our, the table, but we provide the sort of personal support and care. We love our children in this way, using our words to care for them, to love them, to strengthen them, to encourage them. There's probably nothing quite as powerful as a dad delighting in his daughter or son and that daughter or son hearing the words of the father saying, I'm so proud of you. I love you. I think you're wonderful. I see this in your life. I enjoy being with you. Those are part of how a dad loves his children. And that's being like our heavenly father. It could be comfort after failure or just a loud cheer after a successful triumph. That's just so important. And as I was writing this and thinking through this, I couldn't help but think again in light of our 10 days about my daughter Mary. Because Olivia was difficult for me but I watched my daughter while we were there in Bolivia um, just do so well in so many ways. I was very impressed by my tough and tender daughter who courageously moved to Bolivia, lived among a strange and challenging place full of faith and love for her precious students and her friends, gave herself without reservation, was a true and sincere friend, I saw how much her friends loved her and how she did all these things cheerfully and graciously. I can hear her sweet voice in Spanish talking to the taxi drivers. And just so you know, about half the taxi drivers were honest and the other half were not. And they would try to rip you off and I can hear my daughter's sweet voice saying uh, the different words in Spanish. Jenny's cambio? Esta bien, just her voice as she just graciously and firmly negotiated with these taxi drivers. Um, doing all those things without bitterness or fear, shining there in Bolivia. So, I want my daughter to know you're one of my heroes. Dads, let us encourage our children. Let us let them know without mistake how much we love them. How much we delight in them. Let us encourage them. Let us see themselves and how we perceive them as dads. That's how we reflect our Heavenly Father. That's how we reflect the graciousness of our Father. Our Heavenly Father loves us in Christ. 
loves us deeply with an infinite love. He is a giver and a provider and He seeks to encourage us with His truth, with all His promises. And so we as well as dads are to be like our Heavenly Father. We've gone through this verse in prayer and I, I did mention it before. I just love Matthew 7, 7-11. through 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Which one of you if his son asks for bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven Give good things to those who ask Him. Our Father loves us. Our Father gives us good gifts. And dads, we're called to be like that as we depend on Him. So a father leads. A father loves. And a father, a human father, runs to the Heavenly Father in desperate need. I want us to hear that more than anything in all this. You can't just look at these principles and somehow just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and do them. It's not a matter of three L's to do or something like that. It's a matter of desperate need and dependence on the Lord. It's a matter of looking to our Heavenly Father and not to ourselves. It's a matter of recognizing who He is and His great love for us and His discipline of us. It's a matter of interpreting Him through the power of the gospel. He in his great love for us sent his own son. He didn't have to do that. The father, the son, and the Holy Spirit had perfect fellowship. They are perfectly content in and of themselves from, from eternity past. And they could have been and they would have been satisfied for eternity future. They did not need to do this. But because of who he is, he in His infinite love, has loved us from before time began. And in that great love, He looked at you, and in a, 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 an agreement, a discussion perhaps of some sort, we don't understand, the Father with the Son and the Holy Spirit said, this is what we're going to do for these people. We love them. I've loved them so deeply. Son, would you go for them? Would you give your life? Would you live the life that they can't live? Would you live out these principles that they will fall short of? that righteousness might be satisfied in you. And then, son, would you go and would you offer your own life on the cross? Would you bear the justice, the holy justice for their sin that I might forgive them, that I might receive your righteousness in their place, that I might welcome them as sons and daughters into this family, beloved, that they might know my love and that, that I might work in their lives all things for their good, whether it's discipline, blessing, all these things are from the Father through Christ. And so dads, we look to Him in this great love. We look to Him through the lens of the gospel, the reality of Christ given for us, the love of the Father proven beyond any doubt in de Christ's death and resurrection that He loves us. That He's involved in our lives to lead us. And then in that reality and that dependence on Christ, that understanding of the Father, as we turn to Him in our desperate need, in our weakness, dads, in the ways we fall short, receive from Him forgiveness, fresh power to love, to lead, to be like Him. That's what Father's Day is about.
all these things. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are as the perfect Father. We thank you that you are the one that leads and loves. We thank you for how you've done that for us. And we thank you because of you and your grace, we can now turn around as dads and lead and love our children. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for fresh starts. Thank you for power in you to do these things. And as we do it, Lord, may you greatly bless our children. May you bless our families. May you be glorified through our lives, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.